0: Hello and welcome to the Business Standard Morning Show. I am Ruchika Chitravanshi. It is 7th of February, 2024. And here are the questions we will be answering today. Is Baiju's case a red flag for startup founders? Has Bhavish's third unicorn cemented his startup success? Will the RBI change its stance in February policy? And what is Parivesh 2.0 portal? Baiju Ravindran has been in a firefighting mode for a while now. Even as he was planning to raise funds for his struggling edtech startup, Baiju's by slashing its valuation to less than $2 billion, a group of shareholders are now demanding his ouster. While no one knows what fate holds for Ravindran, some lessons can certainly be drawn from his travails. So, what can startup founders learn from Baiju's case? Shivam Tyagi and Ayush Mishra find out. <laughs> Baiju's expedition towards greener pastures is taking unexpected and chaotic turns. Its famous founder Baiju Ravindran, who is desperately looking for more funds to keep his firm afloat, was dealt another blow last week when a group of investors called for an extraordinary general meeting. This group, which includes tech investor, process and controls over 30% stake in the startup, wants Ravindran out. He is the chief executive officer of the EdTech firm. Through the meeting, these investors want to resolve outstanding governance, financial mismanagement and compliance issues. They also want the reconstitution of the board of directors of parent company Think and Learn. The current board comprises Ravindran, his wife, and co-founder of Divya Gokulnath and his brother, Riju Ravindran. Together, they hold 26% stake in the firm. On his part, Ravindran has called the move unfortunate and claimed that the group has no voting right to change chief executive. Byju's has seen a valuation cut of over 90 percent from 2022, when it was valued at 22 billion dollars, to its current valuation of one to three billion dollars. It has also seen its auditor Deloitte and board members quit, leaving only Ravindran and family at the helm. And it has just come out with delayed financial results for FY22 in which its net loss had doubled to over 8,000 crore rupees. The company owes around $1.2 billion in debt to lenders, some of whom have also filed for bankruptcy proceedings against the company.
1: The investor directors had resigned from the board of Bajus in July 2023. Instead, they should have actually tried to push out the founders from the management of the company. uh, Because it is a founders who have brought the company to this stage and uh, investor directors were doing a disservice to the company by actually going out of the board so uh, so that's the reason i think uh, things have come to a head and this rights issue i think is the final nail in the coffin where investors who don't subscribe to the rights issue will they will see their shareholding diluted substantially so which is obviously angers all investors And that is not the path to take. And so that is uh, the reason uh, this EGM has been called for by the uh, investor uh, shareholders.
0: Interestingly, if Baiju's founders are made to exit by its investors, it won't be the first such case. Investors at several other companies have done the same, albeit with each case having its own unique circumstances. In 2015, the investors of Housing.com sacked its CEO and co-founder Rahul Yadav for his behaviour towards investor ecosystem and the media that they said did not conform to his role as CEO. In 2022, fintech company BharatPay had removed co-founder Ashneer Grover, accusing his family of extensively misappropriating the company's funds. Grover has denied the charges industry observers say that forced exits have happened in India, but this is the first time that a big company like Baiju's is staring at this. So is the recent case a red flag for new startup founders?
2: If you look at the startup ecosystem, I think they've been able to get away with a lot which they would not uh, were they listed entities. And for this, uh, partly it's to do with the fact that the private equity which has supported them has given them a very, very long row. Uh, and partly because, you know, they feel that look they've created uh, so much value. And therefore, they start around, uh, some of them are very young, 28, 29, 30. They've not seen business cycles. They believe they're the masters of the universe. So that itself leads to some set of problems. If you've been kind of, if you're a little bit mature, you've lived through business cycles, you know that, look, there is the good which comes with the bad and you have to be kind of prepared uh, for both you don't have the highs of uh, times when are good and just like that you don't have lows and you don't say it's the end of the world when uh, the business is not doing so well so what you need uh, in this business is a little bit more maturity
0: while India has seen just a handful of cases, West has a long history of investors showing the door to founders. Steve Jobs was ousted from Apple in the 1980s. Sam Altman was shown the door in 2023 from OpenAI. Interestingly, both returned to their original roles after some time, but in between, there were numerous founders that never returned to the business they founded. A study conducted on American startups in the late 1990s and early 2000s showed that that within three years, 50% of founders step down from their CEO position By the fourth year, only 40% retain their roles and less than 25% go on to lead their companies through their initial public offerings. The study found that founders also don't let go of their positions easily as 4 out of 5 entrepreneurs are forced to step down from the CEO's post. Over the years, research and case studies on founders have alerted investors in the West to increase scrutiny over operations. So is the Indian startup ecosystem now moving in that direction?
1: I mean, especially in the US, definitely there is a greater scrutiny of founders uh, by the board. The board takes, uh, I would say, decisive action quite quickly. It happened even with uh, open AI, if you saw. Uh, but obviously, that got reversed. But uh, it is, I would think, it happens very swiftly in the US. In India also, I would think uh, these things will, uh, founders, if they have raised capital from outside shareholders, need to be aware that these things will happen.
0: Clearly, startups are adjusting to the new reality where capital is in short supply. And investors are more vigilant. They want to fix accountability and founders cannot have the free run they enjoyed till a few years ago. Let us now move on to a story of contrast. Bhavish Agarwal's story has many takers. And unlike Baiju Ravindran, he does not fret about lack of investment options. Last year, when most Indian startups were grappling with fund shortage, the Ola founder was busy giving final touches to his third startup. We are talking about Krutrim AI. It is the first unicorn of 2024. So, like Ravindran, lessons can also be drawn from Agarwal's story. So, has Agarwal's third startup cemented his startup success? Kasturi Akhil and Abhijit Kumar elaborate.
3: The Indian Unicorn Startup Club recently welcomed its newest member, Ola founder Bhavish Agarwal's Krutrameyai. The AI startup secured a $50 million funding at a valuation of $1 billion, making it the country's first unicorn of 2024. It is also the first homegrown AI startup to achieve unicorn status. With Krutrim, Agarwal now has three unicorn startups in his name, the other two being Ola and Ola Electric. He now joins Super Maheshwari, who also has three unicorns in this kitty, First Cry, Global Bees and Express Bees. Trim, which means artificial in Sanskrit, will operate as a separate company within the Ola Group, similar to Ola Electric and its cab business. So, what is Bhavesh Agarwal doing right?
2: I think he is choosing scale, he is using access to large pools of demand, he is choosing situations which uh, will be amenable to emerging technology, and he is getting onto the accelerating returns. A framework and becoming exponential. And that's the framework that all startup entrepreneurs can use.
3: According to an EY report, the cumulative impact of Gen AI on India's GDP may range from $1.2 trillion to $1.5 trillion by 2030, contributing an additional 0.9% to 1.1% in annual CAGR. Agarwal has said the funds raised for Krutrim will be used to expedite the company's mission to transform the AI landscape and extend its global footprint. Trained on extensive Indian data, it positions India in the global AI race alongside giants like Google, Microsoft and OpenAI. Krutrim AI will be rolling out two large language models, the base model which is Krutrim, and the advanced Krutrim Pro. The homegrown AI startup is only the third unicorn since January last year, following Zepto and Incred. Funding dramatically dried up in India last year in line with global trends. This was in contrast with the unicorn rush in the previous two years, when India saw 22 unicorn startups in 2022 and a whopping 45 unicorns in 2021. According to market intelligence platform Private Circle Research, startup funding in India fell over 62% in 2023 to a six-year low of 66,908 crore rupees, as compared to 2022. Sriram Subramaniam of InGovern Research explains what Agarwal's success means for the startup industry.
1: It has to be sustainable business models. Whether it I, this company will stay for the next 10 years, that is success according to me. And it's not clear whether any of Pavish Agarwal's businesses will stand the test of time. It's early days from that perspective, I would think. So it's uh, tough to make out as to how it will all play out. Only thing is, he is definitely able to attract investors to back him.
3: Launched in December 2023, Krutrim has also backed the title of being the country's fastest unicorn, thereby sparking hopes of a recovery from the sharp decline in Indian startup funding seen last year. And Bhavish Agarwal is making significant strides in other businesses as well. Agarwal's Ola Electric filed a draft red-herring prospectus in December 2023 with SEBI for an initial public offering. Ola also announced its India mobility business turned EBITDA positive in FY23, making it one of the few Indian internet companies to achieve this milestone. As Gen AI advances, can Agarwal navigate the upcoming regulatory challenges going ahead?
1: One, the regulations are set in place and it will also apply to various countries across the world and various user bases etc. So obviously a company, a large company which has raised 50 million dollars can always hire lawyers and be adaptive to the regulatory environment and the changes and be compliant with the regulations. So that should not be a challenge but obviously uh, one needs to be wary of what uh, the business models like uh, with, it happened with fintech The business models cannot always be built on, I would say, regulatory arbitrage, so to say, breaking regulations. One has to anticipate and be compliant with regulations. FinTech largely was on the border of breaking regulations, and that's when, when RBI cracked down. Everybody is suffering now.
3: With three unicorns under his belt, Ola's Bhavish Agarwal is a successful entrepreneur and his futuristic ideas attract hefty investments. But skeptics question the sustainability and profit potential of his startups. The recent fluctuations in valuations definitely add an element of uncertainty. But
0: there are challenges too. The US investment firm Vanguard recently slashed Ola's valuation by 29% to $1.88 billion. And it's in sharp contrast to the 2021 valuation of $7.3 billion. Moving on, the RBI's last monetary policy meeting for the current financial year is underway in Mumbai. Nikita Vashisht spoke to analysts to understand what all are the markets factoring in and what could be the key triggers to watch out in the policy statement. Watch her report.
4: The Monetary Policy Committee of the Reserve Bank of India is huddled at Main Street to decide on the last interest rate decision for the current financial year. The MPC began its meeting on 6 February and will announce the policy outcome on 8 February. With retail inflation at a four-month high of 5.69%, analysts say it's a no-brainer that the central bank will continue to hold repo rates steady at 6.5% for a sixth consecutive policy.
1: Indian inflation currently stands at 5.69%. Now, this is way uh, above RBI's comfort level of 4%. So, and this is one uh, main reason. And secondly, the interest rates in US are also uh, unchanged for quite some time. The US interest rate stands at 5.5%. So, RBI would want to see the uh, inflation trajectory uh, go down before it starts cutting interest rates.
4: The RBI's MPC last hiked rates in February 2023 after hiking rates by a cumulative 250 basis points since May 2022. That apart, market watchers expect the MPC to continue managing the liquidity as the growth momentum seems to be softening of late.
1: We expect that the tonality of the statement to be much more softer than the previous versions that we have seen so far. Uh, The short-term liquidity which uh, which, uh, which is seeing a bit of a tightness will continue to be actively managed by RBI uh, through its various measures like VRRs and it will reiterate its position in managing the liquidity quite actively. Uh, So, overall we expect that the MPC's guidance to turn fairly balanced
4: That said, markets are divided on whether or not the Monetary Policy Committee will change its stance in this meeting. As a change in stance would require liquidity infusion to manage the weighted average call rate, a section of analysts expect the RBI to maintain its withdrawal of accommodation stance. Others, like Nuama Institutional Equities, meanwhile, believe softening of its monetary stance to neutral would be consistent with some softening seen in the domestic economic momentum and rapid fiscal tightening. As market factors in an extended pause in interest rates with no discussion on the timing of rate cut, key trigger for them will be the policy stand that the RBI adopts on Thursday. On 7th February, Lupin, Nestle India, Sobha and Trent will be among the key companies scheduled to announce their results.
2: He's making plans for an early retirement. Business Standard
0: After the financial markets, let us now turn our focus to the environment. Now you can access updated details on environmental impact assessments, forest and wildlife clearances for proposed projects in a more efficient manner, as the government has revamped the existing Parivesh portal and launched a 2.0 version. Kasturi Akhil elaborates on what the new portal brings to the table.
4: In August 2018, ease of doing responsible business got a fresh boost when Prime Minister Narendra Modi introduced Parivesh, a single window integrated environmental management system for all forest, environment, and wildlife clearances. It is integrated because the platform allows authorities to process those clearances at central, state, and district level. Parivesh stands for Proactive and Responsive Facilitation by Interactive and Virtuous Environmental Single Window Hub. That's a mouthful, but the website is designed to facilitate a more efficient, transparent and sustainable way of doing business. Recently, the government introduced Parivesh 2.0 to enhance transparency. According to the guidelines issued by the Ministry of Environment, Forest and Climate Change, proposals can now be processed on the earlier Parivesh platform within 150 days. After 150 days, all proposals would automatically migrate to Parivesh 2.0 for further processing. Applications on the Parivesh platform that haven't progressed in the past 90 days will be deemed inactive and rejected. Parivesh 2.0 includes features such as mapping employees to project proposals, integrated geographic information system clearance and the introduction of a payment gateway, among other modifications. The government decided to shift all proposals to the new portal since over 12000 proposals seeking forest clearance under the one sanction even some wardan 1980 remain unattended due to technical limitations of the earlier parivesh platform In May 2023 Union Minister Bhupendra Yadav said that the government was considering several improvements to the upgraded parivesh 2.0 portal One of them is an inbuilt GIS clearance technology which would help project proponents validate the location of the project and upload data associated with the location. Yadav had also indicated how the introduction of a payment gateway will further facilitate the ease of doing business by allowing users to make online payments. For now, the Ministry of Environment, Forest and Climate Change is planning to make Parivesh 2.0 portal the default online platform for all proposals awaiting environment and forest clearances in the country.
2: Trusted bank, SBI, the banker, to every
0: this new portal is a big relief for environment activists as in 2022, the government had stopped updating details on environmental impact assessments, forest clearances, wildlife clearances and coastal regulation zone clearances. And people were taking the RTI route for information. Well, that's all we have for you today. For more news and analysis, Please log on to business standard.com. Thank you for watching.
3: For more news, views, and updates, subscribe to Business Standard on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Also, follow us on YouTube, Vimeo, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn.